0: Welcome in to another edition of Cattails Podcast, the Weaver State Athletics Podcast with Athletic Director Jerry Bovi I'm Paul Grua and Jerry today we are in the Weaver State version of the Oval Office, I guess, or we the are. West Wing, to it's talk with the president. The president of Weaver State University number 13.
1: 13.
0: It's Dr. Brad Mortenson, the new president at Weaver State. Hey, Glad hey, to have you.
1: Thanks. It's great to be on <laughs> Cattails. <laughs>
0: We are honored that you're a part of this and that you take time He's in your a big fan of busy schedule. I appreciate that. that I do. I lot. listen. I listen regularly. You listen you to Dick Motta. So. You listen to all the stories both episodes, of that was great. Well, today we are going to spend some time with the new president at Weaver State Brad Mortenson who took over in January and as Jerry said number 13, lucky number 13 president at Weaver State. We're going to get into uh, all the things you've uh, you've done and the things you have planned and your history and experience at Weber State, your family and all the other things that you do and of course a big time was part we'll spend about the role of athletics but first let me get into uh, what's been the biggest change for you I mean you were at Weber State for 15 years but what's been the biggest change in the last two yeah. months
1: you know I thought I was <clears throat> I thought I was busy before but uh, being president it's a whole whole new ball game. there's there's a lot more events to go to different groups to work with on campus but it's been a lot of fun I've learned more about Weber State the last two months than I than I knew before Uh, even though I'd been here for 14 and a half years I've been really impressed by how much international work is going on here at Weber State we had the the chief and the CEO of the Maori tribe and the former attorney general for New Zealand on campus who are part of a faculty members documentary a couple weeks ago the day after that I met with a fellow from Rwanda who's working on the Rwandan genocide to make sure that never happens again with one of our faculty members. And it's just, you know, we're, we're here in Ogden, but we are having this worldwide influence and it, it happens in our community, but it happens across the world and it's just been a great experience.
0: International Wildcats. We, we talked not long ago at the Hall of Fame dinner, actually, that you go to a lot of dinners now. Go to Don't a lot of dinners. Oh, so a lot chickens. of chicken dinners.
1: So, some of them are pretty good. I would okay. call them all rubber chickens, so yeah.
0: But what's been the biggest surprise? Is there something that surprised you that you wouldn't have expected?
1: You know uh, I guess kind of the notoriety, uh, if you want to call it that, of being the president. I'm a lot more recognizable across campus with students. and. And uh, you can't everybody just run knows to the grocery who I am. store now without yeah. running into someone. That's yeah. what
2: Ann used to tell me. I've learned to shop at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of everywhere you go, you bump into someone, and they'll say, hey, "Congrats on being president." And and so it really, I drive a little more carefully now. I don't want to cut anybody off, and <laughs> always smile as I'm walking across campus because I don't want to be, you know, the the grumpy president. But well, so fun. that
2: that social profile, whether you want to say it's there or not is really true because now your your uh, base of influence has really grown. All of Weber County, all of Davis County, the legislature's different. You had relationships yeah. there that are now different. They view you differently. And I know you like to fancy yourself as, a, as an expert in Hamilton of how sausage is made. But, and we can get into that later if you want to sing a song for us, but uh, it's really true that uh, there is um, for like a bully pulpit, there is a there is yeah. a, a power behind the title, and you have to you have to use it carefully.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly uh, uh, that relationship has changed, and that that you know taking me by surprise a little bit, or just having myself actually be in those shoes. It's uh, not something I'm used to, and I hope hope not to get used to it because I you know some people that maybe goes to their head a little bit. I just, I want to make sure the focus is not on me, but on the students and and the programs here at Weber State.
0: So we'll back up just a little bit. You came to Weber State in 2004, so nearly 15 years, and uh, was Vice President of University Advancement for 11 years. And we're going to get into all those things that you did, but you had obviously a great experience and history here at Weber State, but what was it that attracted you to the opportunity to become President?
1: Oh, um... I, I question myself about that now sometimes, Paul, but uh, you know, I just I love Weber State. It's it had, it had really grown on me and I, I came here because I'd been working in higher education in the state and I wanted to um, have a chance to work on an institution. And I worked in the Board of Regent's office and we used to joke and say, uh, you know, there's no football team to root for in the Board of Regents office. You get to work in higher ed, but you're not really in higher ed until you're on a campus. And so had a great opportunity to come work with uh, Norm Tarbox and President Milner at Weber State and um, my role changed. I was able to become Vice President for University Advancement and then it was, it was kind of just a natural progression. Um, when President White left, a lot of folks suggested that I apply and thought my relationships with the community. and And the legislature and donors and knowing the campus as well as I did would be a good asset. So I just, that was kind of my pitch to the committee and to the regents going throughout the process. And I I just, I love this place and I'm happy to serve and try to make a positive difference.
0: What was that selection process like?
1: Oh, it was unnerving. (laughs) Um, uh, The day of the selection was probably the longest day of my life. At least since the day I ran for student junior high student body president did you win that um, one In yes junior that, high? That, okay, good. that turned out okay <laughs> but um, the uh, uh, it was it, and part of it it was really fun going through the process and having a chance to reflect and talk to people about Weaver State because um, like I said it's a great place and I love it and um, and talking about my vision for for what I thought we could become that was a lot of fun but then once all of that was done and it was just down to waiting, I, um, it's an hour, less than an hour before the announcement and I finally get a phone call from uh, Harris Simmons, the chair of the board of regents, saying, uh, we'd like you to be the next president. That was, that was a relief and then it was just an emotional roller coaster the next couple hours. But um, I'm glad to have that behind me. <laughs> I'll bet.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, you spoke to the students, you spoke to the co- staff, you spoke to the community, all kinds of different open forums type things and had a lot of questions thrown at you. And, but I can't imagine that the process of waiting. But what was that what was that relief like or what was that excitement like when you when you heard that you are the next president?
2: Cuz you're standing behind the well, you get the call, I mean, but, you then, knew, but, yeah. but then before the formal announcement, you're standing behind the wall. Right. You haven't talked
0: yeah. to anybody really, other than your wife, probably, or, or yeah, other, yeah.
2: Well, his family. And your so parents all. were there. on our way yeah. down. I knew what was up because I ran into his dad. <laughs> yeah. On the way down. Yeah.
1: So I, uh, the first thing I did, we had we had Camille and I had pulled onto campus, and we I, I just went and parked behind the institute because I thought that's probably the most uh, secluded place on campus, and. If I needed to just drive away quietly, I could do it pretty easily from there, and uh, I got the phone call from Chair Simmons, and then the next thing I did is call my folks, and they were excited and said congrats, and, and then they said, well, we're in the football parking lot. Can we come down to the announcement? I, I didn't know that they had driven down from Rexburg, um, so that was that was cool that they would do that and, and be there for me. They've always, it, it wasn't surprising, though, in, in hindsight, because they've always, Uh, been that kind of support for me
0: well that's neat uh, Brad Mortensen is our guest the new president at Weber State Uh, we'll go back to your Rexburg days then why not let's talk about growing up there in Rexburg you played a little quarterback is that right
1: yeah football yeah I was uh played quarterback I I I love sports um uh you know I had a an uncle my mom's youngest brother was he was closer to my age than my mom's age actually and I grew up going to all of his games he was uh, into sports and uh, played uh, basketball and baseball and football and ran track and I just I wanted to be like him and so I I did that. And what high school again? Uh, I went to Madison High, home of the Bobcats, and in fact, just last night uh, Camille and I were having a debate because her high school, Sugar Salem High, won state, won the three A <laughs> state championship in Idaho this last weekend, and and Madison lost in the championship game, so we're. She was trying to tell me that Sugar Salem was better than Madison because they were champs in a smaller division. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always, a, lot of, a lot of pride, a lot of oh, pride, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. And it was it was a great time to grow up because all of the towns had their own radio station and broadcast the games on the radio. And and I had a friend whose brother played. Um, what, he had two older brothers that played at Madison High and we would go to the games and we'd pull our combs you know in the 70s and 80s you always had a comb in your yeah, pocket you had feather in your we'd hair. pull our combs out of our pocket and pretend like we were doing play by play for all the
2: Madison High games you did, those you look up to those guys and it, it is those small towns um, with their own radio you become a little bit of a celebrity yeah. in the small town yeah
1: and it was you know we listened to all it. the away games mm-hmm. and and went to the home games and uh, you know, Rick's College was there and Idaho State, but it was really more about high school sports. And so I just, it was a great time to grow up in a small town and, and really, uh, I loved playing, loved watching. And, um,
0: and, uh, what kind of sports quarterback was a big part had. of my what, life. What kind so of we ran
1: we a ran West Coast offense. You know, we probably threw the ball 75% of the time, short passing game, and it was a lot of fun. You know, we had some success, uh, no, no real bragging rights, but... I tried to walk on and uh, play quarterback at Rick's College uh, yeah, after high school and I got to run the Scout offense so we'd run the Veer option one week and uh, the the air raid offense you know all the all the popular offenses is the late 80s um, the air raid the next week and um, there were some really good players on that Ricks college football team um, and it was fun just to kind of be there and and be part of it and then I decided I'm not good enough for this and so I got to get serious about <laughs> so school. you learn how to work
2: in a small town I'm guessing you you threw a little hay around you yeah you, you grew so, up that way
1: yeah my dad had a farm uh about a hundred acre farm with 50 head of cattle and uh south of Rexburg he worked at a potato processing plant um there in town and but moved he did it moved a little pipe we did flood irrigating so we didn't i never oh, really moved pipe so good. but uh we did lots of irrigating and uh grew up on the farm and you know in a way when i was in junior high school especially before i could drive um and we we're out my closest neighbor was a mile away and it was me and my brother and i wanted to be with my friends in town and Ooh. I didn't really love the farm that much, but now I look back so fondly on those memories. And, and
2: people from Idaho, I yeah. married an Idaho girl, as you know, and she claims it. She doesn't want to claim, she claims that rustic, hardworking, chip-on-your-shoulder yeah. mentality of Idaho. She's moved pipe, which is why we don't mess with her, but that that's what you grew up with. A lot of, yeah. they they're, tend to be overachievers. Um, you know, everyone gels together when there's a... When there's a crisis, the Teton Dam was in your backyard. Yep. Part of that, you know, you're growing up with everybody pitches in to, to yeah. sit, you know, and and so that mentality kind of goes with you.
1: Yeah, it does. And and and, and people are, are really close and and work hard and live pretty humbly a lot of times. And uh, you know, you're de- you're dependent on a lot of factors, and there's a lot of risk yeah. in a farming community, but. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a great way to grow up and i kind of you know miss that my kids you know we'll go back and visit grandpa and they'll work for a day or two on the farm but that's just same. a yeah. tiny little taste it's not really the the way it is and you don't really learn those values unless you grow up that way
0: so as you said you gave up your quarterback hopes and had to get into college and get into yeah. school right yeah. and you
1: uh, majored in political
0: science at utah state yes so you must have had an interest in that even even early and you politics know, it, and those kind of things. It was
1: kind of just uh, one of those things they say about general education classes. I thought I thought I wanted to be a teacher and a coach um, and I had uh, right after I graduated from high school I was leaving on my LDS mission that November so I didn't really have time to get into school and they asked me to help coach my high school team and I was a sophomore offensive coordinator and we had very little success, and uh, I think we went through about five quarterbacks. And uh, I tried to install these schemes for the games, and it just didn't work very well. And I just thought I'm I'm not cut out. You're not cut for, out for the First time you, so. you realized the parents
2: were passionate about their their kids' uh, the, experience. The
1: parents were. I didn't have any trouble with the yeah, parents, to be honest. Um, uh, and the kids were great and we became good cuz I wasn't that much older than them. became good friends with a lot of them and s- still stay in contact a little bit, but it's just we weren't successful. They still call you
2: coach. Yeah. That that moniker sticks for a long time.
1: So uh, but it, w- it was a great experience and I decided, you know, so I, I kind of got out of that lane and just took some political science classes in general education and I didn't know what I would do with it, but knew that I liked studying uh, political science, and so that kind of became my my path, and I went on from that. And uh, some folks said, you know, you gotta get a master's in public administration, so I went to went to Syracuse uh, University back in New York. And
0: What was that uh, like? How long were you there?
1: It was just, they, they have a great program. It's, it's actually, it used to be, I think it still is, the highest ranked public administration, the oldest public administration program in the country. Um, you can do it in 12 months, so you start July 1st, and you can finish the next June 30th if you take an extra class each term. So and you were married at the time? I was married at the time, and so I was motivated Kids. to get done. Our Bryn, our oldest, yeah. was born, she yeah. was one, um, and traipsed with her, her across the country. And Camille was working in a, in, she's a nurse, and worked in urgent care in kind of a rougher part of town. And we were, you know, I was thought of as, we were kind of the British Bulldog tag team, WWF wrestling parents. Um, Camille, I'd come home from school and Camille would go to work, and and uh, it was a tough year for Camille. But I loved the school. I mean, it was really challenging academically. Great professors, great experience. Um, Did you go to some Syracuse games at the went, Carrier went Dome? Went to a couple games in the NCAA tournament. The Sweet Sixteen was there that year, and went to see. Um, I remember UCLA was playing in Louisville, and you know that was kind of fun in the Carrier Dome. It, that's, you know, you're sitting like on the forty yard line, and you have to look at a at a 60-degree you know, angle to watch the game down on this little court down there. But it's a, it's quite a place, and pretty storied place, too.
0: So then after you graduate with that, you get a master's degree from Syracuse. Yeah. Then what? So w- then when I worked what in, in Arizona,
1: uh, uh, I wanted to get into higher education. Uh, my father-in-law had worked at Ricks College, and I thought, you know, He's worked in public relations, and that was kind of what I thought I wanted to do. And some folks had said, if you work in, in state government as a state in the state budget office, you get a really good big picture view of how higher education works because um, you know it's a big part of state government. So that was my goal. And so I went and worked for um, the Arizona legislature in their budget office um, for a year and then had the opportunity to come back to Utah and, uh, when Governor Leavitt was governor and be the. Higher education policy analyst they called it in the governor's office of planning and budget and,
2: so that was did you have contacts there that's when you met Norm Tarbox who you worked with yeah uh, about so about that's career.
1: Norm had been in GOPB there in the Utah governor's office um, before I had and he was working at the Board of Regents at the time and and you know he was kind of the liaison to feed the information from higher education system to the governor's office and, and you know, and he basically trained me in how to do that job because he had done it. And, and so that's when, you know, my friendship and uh, work relationship really developed with Norm. And uh, that goes back over 20 years now. And uh, he's been a great uh, mentor and friend and colleague ever since.
0: Did you ever want to get into politics yourself?
1: You know, it's it's, it's hard. So I've watched, this is the 21st Utah legislative session and one in Arizona, Um it's hard to be as close to it as uh, as I've been and not think, okay, if I was in those seats, how would I handle it? But but there's those the, I admire all those folks. They um, there's a lot when you're the one pushing the button or have to do the voice vote of yay yeah or nay on on tough issues and realize you're going to upset almost half your constituents no matter what you do. Um, and some of them uh, handle it better than others, but I, I have a lot of respect for them and. I certainly, I, I won't sit here and tell you I never thought about running or never want to run, but it's not, it's not in the cards for the next little while, at least hopefully, as I'm, as I'm in this role.
0: So you came to Weber State in 2004... And the big part of what you've done is work with the legislature.
1: Yeah. Many, many years, right? Well, yeah.
0: What have you done? What's your role been there for, on representing Weaver State, and, and what have you learned from that process?
1: Well, um, Weaver State is is a pretty easy sell, I think, at the legislature. As far as higher education goes, um, we do things the right way. We're really focused on helping students succeed and find their dreams and providing the programs that make sense for our area and our region. And, and it's always been... Um, really just a matter of telling the story, and then people, and we've had great legislators in Northern Utah who've who've tried to support that, and and, uh, over and over, just one quick story I have to say, the first time I really saw the power of that was, um, when you you know, there were the four old buildings on campus, building one, two, three, and four, and my uh, second legislative session we were trying to get the um, funding to tear down building one and two and build what is now Elizabeth Hall. and we didn't have any members in uh, legislative leadership from Weaver and Davis County at the time. And uh, representative, then Representative Greg Buxton and Representative Brad Dee uh, really kind of worked the hallways and the back rooms and tried to, tried to make a deal. And, and Greg Buxton stood up with 25 minutes left the last night of the session and made a motion and that shouldn't have passed, but it did. Um, and I keep a picture of Elizabeth Hall in my office now, it's hanging in here, and that's just to remember the impact that the legislators can have. Clear up until the end, and the, when you have a good cause, it's worth fighting for. Now, and
2: Senator Buxton. Yeah, right.
1: now Senator Buxton, who's uh, still helping us down yeah. there.
0: Well, I know so. you say it's an easy sell, and I'm sure it is, but it's it's not not easy job though, I'm sure, because everybody's wanting money. Every school right. wants money. I mean, you're you're lobbying for different things that you need, and what's it what's that experience been like working with?
1: I, I, I just I try to be really transparent with our legislators and um, you know really not play politics too much with them and just let them know hey this is what we need this is what we have um, we need your support and you know especially when you get you know we're in the last week almost of the legislative 2019 session and there's still a lot of big decisions to be made but you know I want them to know that when I say hey I need to talk to you for 30 seconds uh, to remind you about this issue that I'm going to talk to them for 30 seconds and uh, really try to be transparent and, and upfront and uh, let them do what they need to do but remind them of the impact Weber State has. I mean they're, they're pushing us to pump out uh, more engineers and computer scientists and other things to help the economy and I say okay but you've got to you know hold up your end of the bargain and support us.
2: Yeah I've always said that in leadership um, to be able to supervise the people that directly report to you is is really much easier than influencing people that don't report to you. Yeah. So the legislature, we don't report to the legislature. They're not our direct su- report. They're not our direct supervisor. But they can affect um, collectively and individually our our well-being here. And so it's an art to be able to to lead people that that don't have to follow. Yeah and there's a lot of those uh, in in higher ed there's a lot of those relationships that take a lot different skill than people might think it you know for a ceo of a company they walk into a room everybody has to acquiesce to whatever their direction is because they affect their livelihood but to walk into a room with people that don't have to and be able to influence them to a cause is is an art
1: yeah and it's you know it's it's I enjoy it though because there's a fair bit of competitiveness uh-huh. to it. Yeah. I mean, we work with our sister institutions in the Utah system of higher education, but when it comes to things like funding for buildings, we're uh, we're all competing for a limited dollars. At least the way the it list. has been uh, funded historically, they're trying to change that, which which would actually help that process be more collaborative. But. Um, you know, we we uh, there's a fair bit of strategy, and the thing is, is you can't show up once the session starts. You have to have those relationships in place well before um, the the session starts, because there's so much noise down there right now. You can't cut through the. So noise. how's that
2: changed now from being directly on on in in a different role to now? Being the president and still having a role with them, but it's different right. now.
1: Yeah, it's different, and you know, for one thing, the president has a lot of additional responsibilities. You, you can't sit down there at the legislature all the time, and and that wouldn't look Have good you to missed the legislature. That a little bit. I miss it a little bit because now when I walk in, you know, I was only there for two or three hours last week, and. Uh, you don't really know all the context because all the issues play off of each other everything's Everything's different and and, you know how roads are being funded or how a bill you know affecting you know scenic byway designations could end up having an impact on what funding's available for higher education so um, it's important to know that but as president you have to divorce yourself from that a little bit and and really, just focus on on the main issues, and and still, I think maintaining those relationships. I was
2: down there yesterday, as you know, and it was interesting again, because I haven't been down there as much as I used to in my former job, and um, just to hear a lobbyist in the hallways talking to, you know, their their people with those comments of, well, we're okay. I would you know, those those, right? Because they there's an art to that. People sometimes think, oh, lobbyists, they're the lowest form of life and yet they have a role to play too in a, in an interesting kind of way and to hear that communication again walking through the halls at the state capitol is just it brought back a lot of memories for me too
1: well yeah and i think you know i, I love the movie lincoln because it kind of portrays in there the the role that without lobbyists the Emancipation Proclamation doesn't yeah, happen no question um, and uh, there's an important role to play for for everyone in, yeah. in politics and and in the in the tenth Federalist you know we're, I'm not appealing to your athletics crowd right now but you know Madison talked about how you know there needs to be that competitive yep. forces and when you do that and folks compromise um, then you know, usually you can find solutions that work out for the most people
0: we should finish up your Collegiate career. We didn't get to your doctorate. You got oh,
2: do- went yeah. on to get a doctorate. Oh, thanks. That, that Don't makes forget
1: about me that. That's you why like you're Doctor Mortenson now. You yes. know, when people ask me, it, when people ask me, should I get my PhD? I have to really take a deep breath. That was honestly the hardest, hardest thing I've done. Because um, I was working full time. Uh, I started when I was in the governor's office, and then through the regents' office, and then even while I was here at Weber State, it took me ten years. Um, the coursework only took two and a half years, but then that dissertation. <gasps> doesn't you don't really have a deadline um and I'm a great procrastinator <laughs> and so it, it took a while uh but I'm glad I finished and it was it was it was a lot of fun in hindsight but it's when that was finished it was a big relief that's when I was able to start you know Doing a few other, taking up a few other hobbies and, and enjoying life a little more.
0: That was an educational leadership and policy at the University of Utah? Yes. Ten years. To yeah. get a finish. Huh?
1: Ten years wow. from when I started my coursework until when I finally got the thesis office to sign off wow. on my dissertation. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Another thing that you've done at Weber State is overseeing uh, development, alumni services, alumni relationships, and, and development fundraising yeah. asking people for money
1: yeah how
0: is that how Again, has it been it, like it's, it's
1: similar to um, and that's I kind of transitioned from the legislative relations role and maintained that but then started working with donors more and President Milner at the time she said you know it's the same thing you just you tell Weber State's story and and ask and, and, ask. and people want to make a difference when they believe in what's happening here and I found that over and over again, whether it's someone who wants to give, you know, a few hundred dollars to a scholarship to help a student out, or someone who wants to give several million dollars to build a building or name a program, um, they believe in what's happening here at Weber State. So you just getting in front of them and telling the story and and creating a pathway for them to make a difference. It's been it's
2: been a lot of fun. Do you think it's easier to ask for a million dollars or a thousand dollars? Um, I, it's it's it's.
1: It depends on who the person is, you know, uh, and sometimes that first thousand dollar ask for somebody who has never given before, um, but yet maybe has some capacity to give. That's a that's a that's a tough sell. But, you know, you you find out things when you ask. And so uh, people and people respond and you'll learn more and and maybe they're interested or maybe they're not. and You need to do some more work or shift directions. Uh, Sometimes we've had a donor who you think is slated for the College of Education and wants to give to the um, arts and humanities and the music program and that ruffles some feathers, but we have a philosophy about being donor-centric because uh, we want to maximize the donors Personal utility for for what they're passionate about, and it might not be what they did when they went to school here, and and how their uh, life and and other things have evolved. But
2: yeah, so being told no, if you learned over time, being told no isn't necessarily a bad thing. It helps you get to yeah yeah you learn the something yes
1: and and you know and if if someone just says no, I'm not interested, and you know then you can move on. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you'll kind of be, as we call it in the business, cultivating someone and uh, hoping for that big gift one day and and uh, spend a lot of time and
2: effort, but it might never come. And there's so. some competitiveness that comes out in this process too, isn't there? We, yeah, there we is. We both have certain donors we've worked with over the years that we know have capacity and if we just hit the right fit, and so it gets competitive to... To
1: get to the yes, yeah, there's some healthy and some healthy competition on campus too at times, and I think we've managed that pretty well at Weber State, so that folks aren't it's tripping over themselves. Um, sometimes we'll talk to donors who've worked with other schools, who you know they say, okay, who's going to be my point person on this because I don't want to be hit up from five different angles for different things. and So we try to respect that and again, I think that transparency bodes well for Weber State.
0: Well, you've had to ask for some big bucks, I'm sure.
1: Well, it book? was, you know, we raised $164 million yeah. in our Dream 125 campaign that wrapped up in 2016 and I got, had, had the chance to be a part in, in several of those. But it's, again, it's really not about The person who's asking, it's about, you know, you're kind of positioning the product and the great things happening at Weber State, and then, you know, you can't, that doesn't happen without the tremendous generosity of what we had, about 16,000 donors who were participants in that campaign.
2: And now, as the president, the fundraising, (coughs) your part of fundraising is different now. Um, Before, you would tee it up, ask, but you'd also tee it up for the president to come in, and now someone's got to do that a little bit for you in, in the role, and, and yeah. your experience brings you maybe to do it a different way here, but um, you only have so much time in a day, and you have to manage where you spend your time with all of I mean, all of the demands, so you have to have people that can sometimes set the tone, and then the president has a role there. People want to have access to the yeah. president.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that, um, you know, uh, one of I went out to Sacramento uh, to watch the basketball game out there, and you know, uh, tag along with the athletics teams is a great opportunity to visit our alumni that are in different areas. And so I was visiting with some of our alumni who've done well, and they're in Sacramento. And the advice that one of them gave me is, um, who had been ver- had a very successful career himself, um, graduated from Weber State, and then big five accounting firm, and then major healthcare organizations. So, you know, he said, when you move up, you've got to do your new job you can't do your old job if you try to do your old job it won't you can't be successful you've got to rely on other people to do your old job and you focus on the new job and i think that's kind of what you're saying jerry is you've got to i've got to transition yeah. and it's been 2 and that's months hard and sometimes. and it is hard but you know i you know gary's advice i hear that i kind of tell myself that every day and make sure i'm focusing on the things i need to focus on as president not as the vice president of advancement
0: and there are alumni. I mean, there, this is the case for every school, but there's alumni all over the place that maybe yeah. people wouldn't be aware of, of alumni in lots of different areas across the country and world.
1: Yeah, we've, we've developed some pretty good traditions in different pockets, either around the big sky as we travel around there, like Sacramento or... Uh, uh, you know, we've hitched our wagon to uh, Damien and the Trailblazers and have done things in in Arizona and Miami and washington d c and and other places as as Damien's there and that's been you know a great way to to bring folks together and rally around Weber State.
0: Another question before we get into some athletics things uh, at, at your uh, one of the meetings you had before you became president, I think it was Astor, you mentioned, on the other side, you haven't had as much experience on the academic side right. as as a as part of the university, which obviously is is the central role of the university. You've had this side on development and, and alumni and relations and fundraising. How has that been, and what were the concerns, I guess, and not having the academic maybe experience?
1: Yeah, um, you know, and there's different tracks to become a university president, and. Uh, oftentimes it's coming up and having been a faculty member and go through tenure and a Dean and a provost maybe and and that's not me at all and I didn't try to yeah. Buffalo my way into that but it, it's been I, I sat in the faculty Senate meeting that we had here a couple weeks ago and just watched and and one of the uh, deans was sitting next to me and said why are you still here and I said this is cool because our faculty whether they realize it or not they're you know making these course changes and program changes that are really all about Weber State's mission that you know our our open access mission making uh, opportunities available for students having stackable 2-year then 4-year degrees and you know, I said this is just kind of cool to see this perspective of how it all works together and so I I've gained a tremendous uh, amount of respect for the work that our faculty do I've had the chance to visit several classrooms and congratulate faculty who are receiving awards, and, and uh, they're just so devoted to their students. We, I had a student here in my office last Friday who just stopped by said, uh, one of my friends told me I should come meet the president, so he's a transfer student, and he said, uh, you know, the thing that he's been most impressed with at Weber State is how attentive the faculty are to him. He said, I can communicate with my faculty here. He said, the school that I transferred from, uh, I'd send him an email. I never knew if I'd get a reply. And here, I get a reply within a day every time. And I just think our faculty are uniquely devoted to our students. And it's fun to be in this role and see that. even more, uh, I always, I've always believed it, I've always heard it, but I get to see it a little bit more being mm-hmm. president.
2: We talk about that a lot to our recruits as they come in about the relationship they'll have with the faculty, and, and you know, when they come here, they maybe don't realize the importance of that. It takes a couple of years before they start yeah. to, to kind of change their thinking and view of the world. Uh, they come in here very myopic, thinking about their issues, and then at some point in the process, you start to think about the world and how you can affect it for good and all that, but our faculty... Here, and it's, I think it's unique to Weaver State, um, you know, for us, a third of our season ticket base come from faculty and staff. That's very rare around the country. Um, our class sizes are such, our average class sizes are such that it, it bodes well for that relationship t- to flourish, and, and they'll come to games, they'll be a part of, they'll, they'll know who you are. When you don't go, we tell them, when you don't go to class, they'll call us and find out what's going on because they care about it. And I think. That, you don't find that experience at a lot of places, and that's one of the things that makes us unique. We don't have TAs on this campus. Right. I had a lot of TAs in my experience. You did too. I did too. And we don't have that here. So from day one, you're, you're interacting with tenured professors that, that are committed to education. And as it relates to Faculty Senate, you, you mentioned this, but we deliver it a lot of different ways. Um, we, we never kind of get set in our ways traditionally of how to deliver education, how to deliver the process. And I think that makes us very unique here um, to a wide range of students that you know we're living in a time where we have to change we have to we have to be um, at the forefront not maybe not the bleeding yeah. edge, but we got to be at the front of how the millennials and the next generation want to consume information and be educated and I think we do a good job of that here
1: yeah i think I think we have a ton of creativity and uh potential amongst our faculty and I don't I don't pretend is that I'll sit in the president's office and direct how they should uh, be that next wave of innovation in their respective disciplines um, or even overall how our education is delivered but I hope that we can create a culture where the faculty can unleash that creativity and really be creative and, and innovative.
0: We are talking with President Brad Mortensen, the new president at Weaver State. Let's talk athletics, if that's all right. right. Yes. While we're here a little bit too. Obviously, athletics is huge in, in college athletics. College sports across the country are, are so important. Um, as a president now, in your role, how do you see the role of
1: athletics? So, um, I guess to sum it up, I was visiting with an alum who's a vice president at a bank back in Boston and he said you know don't be too impressed because banks have lots of vice presidents. He said nothing has done more for the value of my degree with my peers at this bank than Damian Lillard. (laughs) Um, He said now people know that it's a Weber state and where it is and kind of about the great things that that can come from that institution. He said, "Seriously, it's it's given my degree a tremendous amount of additional uh, value in the eyes of my peers, and I think that's the power that athletics has. You know, some people uh, begrudge that a little bit that the focus can be more on athletics. The prestige of an institution could be tied more on what happens on the fields and courts and in the classroom and in the labs, but." Um, that's the way our society is, so I think it's a really valuable role that our athletics department plays here at Weaver State and we're fortunate to have you know a great team of uh, coaches and the leadership in the department and others to to represent the university well.
0: You know it's been said that it's kind of like the front porch, I guess of the university oftentimes, at yeah. least nationally and maybe a perspective outside of of the school itself is, You know, often we go around now, obviously Damien's a big part of it, but Harold Arsenault, all those things that people remember us because of some athletic events. And so that can have a huge impact
2: on fans. Um, Yeah, I think to that point, you know, last year in football, last two years in football, uh, being in the quarterfinals on ESPN on a Friday night, um, all those alumni that may be kind of dormant for a while, looking for a cause, they kind of come out and you remember your experience. It, it does kind of stimulate this pride in your experiences and it brings it all back. And, that, and so we talk about this a lot, that the front porch can't look different than the house. Um, I think a lot of times in athletics, and we've talked about this, that if, if you silo out and you, and you forget that your mission in a, for an athletics department is to interact and be part of the full mission of the university, it works. Um, we see issues across the country right now of, of departments that have kind of become an entity under themselves and branded themselves differently than maybe the university. And it, that brand has to work together. It's it's an in, interesting relationship that has to happen for it to work. You, it's also probably, I guess
0: my question is, what, what do you see your role as the president? What imp, connection impact will you have? You're not directly necessarily involved in athletics, but... But it plays a big part in what
2: you do too well more yeah. so now right you're learning right. that,
1: yeah <laughs> the ncaa sends the, the ncaa sends the, <laughs> says things that i have to approve and uh, and then i have to circle back with you guys how do i approve this what is this and you know uh, a lot of stuff, stuff from the big sky conference yeah. and uh you know there is a, a the presidents really have a direct role and it's something when I, when I first came to weber state and was working a little bit with compliance and we had a an issue that had come up with a bookstore and the, the whole importance of institutional control I learned about um, very early on in my career here a at Weber of key State. phrases, right? Yeah, that's, that's a big a lack of institutional control. Um, you know, so it's, it's important for the president to, to have that oversight role. It's more than just being a fan. Um, certainly, yeah, the president's role is uh, not to micromanage you know, as much as I'd, you know, like to volunteer to call some plays for the football team, not because I don't think they're doing well, it's just I like to do it, uh, you know, that's not the president's job, and so... Uh, Has it
2: surprised you, though, how, because the, the the NCAA is run by the boards, yeah. or it's run by presidents, Yeah, the, it is. the, the conference. It, and the Big Sky, yeah, yeah, exactly. Has it surprised you, because I don't think that's the perception of most people, they think that coaches and athletic directors are entities under themselves, and the structure on the inside is not that way. I mean, you get hit uh, with as many emails from the NCAA as I do, and sometimes yeah. they're the same, but has that been a little bit so, – I mean, you've been around this for a long time, and you've been involved in the athletic relationship with the university, but is that, does that surprise you a little bit? Yeah, it, it does, and,
1: you know, I thought of it coming into the role, and not that I was, you know, unawares, because we've got, you know, between you, Jerry, and, and Norm Tarbox's role, and uh, – and others, we have uh, that support institutionally, so the president doesn't like wander adrift and, and doesn't know what they're doing, but. Uh there there is that administrative responsibility over athletics in addition to kind of the fundraising and, and other stuff that I think is important for the okay. presidents.
0: Do have you too. spoken with other presidents in the big sky around the conference yet? You know I haven't
1: yet uh, they're uh, getting together at the conference tournament yes. that'll be my in first Bozeman. meeting okay. with them and so and uh, there's been a lot of emails in Bozeman. In, in Bozeman in May mm-hmm. yeah there have been a lot of emails that come out from the conference office and uh, uh and and since the conference office is right here in uh, Ogden, I've been able to meet with uh, Commissioner Wistersell and some of the staff there, and they've they've given me a little bit of an orientation too, and that's that's been helpful. But.
0: So, Jerry, like you said, when there's conference-wide decisions of realignment or whatever, it's really the president as a committee as a council, right, that makes yeah. those decisions.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? as I look as I look at the institutions that are working, and there's some in our conference. I'm not going to name them that. I think have it figured out. It's when there's a really close tie between the athletics director and the president. Um, sometimes you know decisions are made um, a little bit in a box, and if you're not on the same page, you can come as a as a joint athletic council and make decisions. And then the presidents come in, you know, a week later or a day later, to do their part of this. And if you're not talking and talking strategy and what's be- then the presidents are like, What what you know, what is this about? Why would we do this? You and there's a lot that don't just presidents are busy, athletics isn't an important part of what they're doing. It really becomes important when there's an, an issue that you know, that yeah. gets you know, like at Penn State. You you look at yeah. what happened at Penn State. The president was involved in that, but the role of the president becomes much more important when there's a negative light sometimes and that shines on an issue. examples of yeah. that where the president's been in right. trouble because yeah. of things
0: that have happened in athletics. And
2: so we talk about the fact that our jobs are linked in that because you can have a little controversy at some part of campus that really doesn't get outside of the campus structure, but if something happens awry in athletics, it gets everywhere because for some crazy reason, people can get their heads around sports. And so it goes like wildfire. Right. I mean... Utah State had a little issue with Nevada last weekend, and that just becomes a national discussion. Yeah, and and so it's there has to be communication.
1: Yeah, and we have some structural things that you know I've learned that are built in here, both uh, in reports to the board of trustees, like when you came and did that in, in January, and then I have meetings with the faculty athletics representative regularly, and you know as jerry and i stay connected and updated there there's some controls to try to mitigate those things but uh, it's important to to communicate
2: and trust is a big part of it you could see where if 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 you had somebody going rogue and i think that's where it starts is they don't inform the president they don't yeah they they don't communicate they don't they cut those ties and so they just kind of run it um as its own business entity and that's a dangerous thing
0: you said earlier you use athletic events and games as an opportunity to bring donors, Some you know travel around sometimes when there's events, and that, those are opportunities, again, to reach out. Do you have any favorite Weber State athletic memories that come to mind?
1: Uh, so probably one that most people wouldn't think of was that it must have been 2000. You have to help me, Paul. 2005. Uh, soccer NCA tournament. Yes. Uh, in Salt Lake, beating in BYU. In Salt Lake, yeah. beating BYU, and seeing Rochelle make that penalty kick after she had been uh, stepped on <laughs> and had a pretty rough outing, and then nail that penalty kick to win the yeah, uh, to win the that game. Was, that, was. that was yeah. I have the, my ticket stub from that <laughs> game just because that was really cool. Um,
2: so to me, I think that's an interesting. That's a that's the first memory that came. Most of your fan base focuses so much on men's basketball and football that they forget there's other things, but when you're on the inside of it, it's all, you you develop a relationship with all these kids, these young yeah. people. And so you go there first when most people probably wouldn't even know about that.
1: Well, yeah, it was it was But it's good. It was one of those, you know, it's kind of it was dark and, you know, a little bit overcast night. It was kind of just magical. Uh, you know, one of those things, I, I have that uh, picture in my memory that, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, another favorite was uh, Scott Bamforth's half-court shot against Northern Colorado. That, you know, some of those buzzer-beater, game-winning uh, kind of moments. Uh, Tim Toon's punt return in the snow. Uh, that was kind of a pretty, a pretty fun moment too but i just you know i i love personally i loved competing i loved athletics and um think that it did a lot to shape my attitudes about working together with people and and having hard work and you know kind of leaving it all out there for your team and i i just i love to see our our teams compete um i wish we hosted more track meets sorry that's Hope that doesn't get me in trouble. I love well, going get, to track meets. It's yeah. two outdoors, and we'll have do we, the big. We, do we have we'll two have have this big, year? I haven't looked at yeah, it. Two, two outdoors. And okay. Then
0: the Big Sky Outdoor in 2020. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, great. So I love. Right I love
1: so uh, going to track meets. We'll and get you out there. Yeah. Compete because uh, you know it's just the the individual competition and all the work that goes into it behind the scenes and then showing up on game day to to represent and you know half the time you don't win or at least you know chance hopefully we do better than that but. Uh, half the teams lose every day they step on the field the pageantry
2: of it is really yeah uh, of the moment um is fun I've been to you know the NCAA championships and cross country and just to see the massive yeah I don't know it's just it's just big and and those moments are exciting for your student-athletes and for the institution and
0: well, you come to a football game in the president's suite. There's a lot going on in there, isn't there? There's a
2: lot of people. There's a lot of buzz. <laughs> they're not always
0: watching sometimes the game. They're, sometimes sometimes they're I like yelling, to go sometimes. to the away games <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh,
1: to watch the game more. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of excitement. And we had it uh, in the FCS playoffs, especially uh, in uh, 2017 we when we were on the road and had a group of uh, legislators, you know, kind of. Being our fans and traveling to Southern Utah, and then they uh, traveled to James Madison too. Um, (laughs) They become. Do
2: they still? They still call themselves the Sideline
1: Caucus. caucus. Yeah, a couple of them showed up down at the Utah game last fall as on the Sideline Caucus where they always want to be on the sideline. So they they like to be on the sideline. So you kind of got to watch them. It worked in Cedar City. It helped
0: us out absolutely. Okay, uh, speaking of athletics, not Weber State, you're a giant Seahawks fan.
1: Yes.
2: A huge Seattle huge Seahawks, Seahawks fan. fan. Seahawks. How did yeah. that happen and why? It's the only so. decision he makes in his life that we have to question. You know, the, uh,
1: the uh, tradition at my house was uh, we could pick three things for Christmas out of the JCPenney or Sears catalog and uh, then write to the North Pole and ask for those. Mm. And And uh, that's is that how it
0: works? The North Pole uses the catalog there too. Yeah, yeah, they they
1: know the catalog. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so um, sometimes we'd cut it out just to make sure that the elves got the right thing. But um, my uncle, that same uncle I was talking about before, he was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan and Tony Dorsett and Roger Staubach and and uh, those guys. And I and I so I wanted to pick a team, but I you know I wanted to, to be independent, and so I was looking through the. Sears catalog and I saw this helmet and it had this cool green and blue, Seahawk on it. I thought that's a cool helmet. So that's how it started. Wow. Um, and then I started watching them, you know, and they had Jim Zorn and and Jack Patera and running all these trick plays and, um, you know, they were decently successful but never great. And uh, I just I stuck with them ever since. I had a whole Seahawk's wardrobe, you know, that I'd I'd wear my white or blue jersey and. And stuff, and a property of Seattle Seahawks shirt as a kid, and a stocking cap, and a coat, and I was I was all in, and I just I've although I've sworn them off several times, um, you keep coming back. Here. Yeah, I keep coming back, and you're diehard though. Fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Super Bowl forty eight, that was that was a good day for me. And speaking of that, <laughs> so uh, uh, again, we were in uh, Sacramento. We had gone, uh, we the basketball team had played Saturday night. Roger Trinquero um, had given uh, President White and I a tour of his um, place there in Napa and then um, President White dropped him off at the airport and I went back to the hotel and had some more visits that next day and so I watched uh, the Seahawks Super Bowl win in the Holiday Inn and all by yourself? Sacramento <laughs> all by myself but it was uh, it was pretty fun.
0: Well big time Seahawks fan. Big time. Dr. Brad Morton our guest just a few more questions um what do you see as some of the challenges at Weber State? What keeps you awake
1: at night? Yeah, um, I, I think the biggest challenge we have at Weber State is we just we don't toot our own horn enough. We do great work um, and we're kind of humble about it and we keep our head down and, and, and just kind of go about our business. But in today's world um, with the increasing competitiveness in higher education, and also in with all the noise out there, and, and some folks kind of question the value of higher education. Sometimes um, I think we have to do a better job telling our story. And you know that's not just athletics that I'm talking about, but um, whether it's the the students who won the you know DECA competition last week from the professional sales program, or um, other students who've gone off and presented. Um, a zoology major had a recent uh, paper published in a in a peer-reviewed journal, I just, there's great things happening here, and so we are um, we need to get out and tell the tell, tell that story better. And,
0: and you've started using a hashtag, I know it's more than just a hashtag, but yeah. a campaign of Louder and Prouder. Louder right? and Prouder, Telling yeah, your be, story. Louder, and prouder be about, louder and prouder
1: about uh, what's happening at Weber State, and we put out a little message about that, and had an alum uh, reach out and talked about how grateful he was for his Weber State education, and went out and visited, he works at a, a, a machining plant out here in uh western weber county and uh kind of showed us around and it it was fun to hear how his education changed transformed the trajectory of his life and where he's able to provide for his family now and and do some pretty cool things uh, in his business and that's fun
0: on the flip side what's the future of
1: weber state so uh i think weber state is uh is at this really interesting place in northern utah right now where. uh you know, there's a lot of buzz down south from us a little bit about Silicon Slopes, and, and northern Utah is trying to figure out its economic identity, and the county commissions from Weber and Davis County are working on that, and Weber State's right in the middle of that conversation, and, and with Hill Air Force Base and uh, a lot of the big projects happening there with uh, F-35s and the new Minuteman missile program potentially coming together. You know, Weber State has a great role to... To play economically in those areas, um, we're starting to. Well, well, we'll be having later this month uh, the Board of Regents consider a proposal for our first doctorate degree, uh, doctorate of uh, in nurse, in nursing, the doctorate of nurse practitioner degree, and so that's exciting mm-hmm. um, to be the first doctorate here on our campus. And I think we'll continue to evolve to to meet the needs in our region and still, um, but still focus very much on that personalized learning experience of students mm-hmm. and figuring out how to transition that to more of a digital age. And yeah. I don't know all those answers, but it'll be uh, it'll be a fun journey, and I think there's lots of great people here on campus and in the community to help make that happen.
0: do you think that we we have 28,000 plus students, and often I get asked that sometimes and some people are just surprised that we're that right? big. That many, our enrollment has grown so much and so high, and as you said, now it's changing into different ways and different ways of learning, but well, the, the enrollment continues to grow.
1: If I have if I have a bone to pick with Damien, mm. it's when I, you see him interviewed on ESPN, and he'll kind of he'll say, you know, I wasn't recruited that much. I just went to this small school in Utah, and I want to say, Damien, there's twenty eight thousand students. It's not a small school. We'll Remind him of that in yes. the Lifted in the scheme there. of you know the. The Dukes and Kentuckys of the basketball world, you know, Weber State maybe doesn't have that that same footprint, but, you know, the Tar Heels won't overlook us. So we That's know right. that. They we'll bring still that remember up you. 20 years later, absolutely. <laughs> when, you, when you
2: make your way through North Carolina and run into a, somebody that knows, they'll look and go, Webb State. oh.
0: The Duke fans like us, though. The they bought yeah. out all of our yeah. gear. I yeah. <laughs> talked exactly. to the
2: athletic director at Duke at a meeting recently, and I told him that story about... Uh, Duke fans buying up our and he thought that was hilarious. He he just he didn't know that story about Duke students buying up Weber State shirts after we beat them and wearing them to that first game the next year. He thought that was really funny.
0: Well, as president, you have a lot of things on your plate, and a lot of people you have to answer to. Maybe isn't the right way to say it, but... Stakeholders. 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 A lot of stakeholders. So many, right? Students, faculty, athletics, people, fans, donors, alumni. It's a lot to do. But you're doing it really well.
1: Well, I've only been doing it two months. I'm sure, so there, far, will, so sure there will be some things come up in the future. I just uh, like those legislators we were talking about earlier, where you have to make a decision. and Not everybody's going to be happy. But um, I, I'm committed to try to focus on what's best for Weber State and for our institution and students and community. And and I'll you know I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But uh, kind of going back to uh, the farm roots in Idaho, I. I think I know how to work hard and I'll, I'll work as hard as I can to to try to do what's good for our university.
2: You know, it's interesting as we end this, um, I I get asked this question too. You asked, you, you just talked to him about all the things and and in good times, it's one thing and you, we can be defined by the good things we do, but I think in my career and, and I think Brad would say this, you're as defined by the, the way you handle difficult times as well and how you navigate through rough waters and we know in life in in our jobs here we're going to have some rough times we're going to we're going to you know we're going to have a head football coach that steps down in a national way and you get you get to be defined by how you handle those things and how you vault and use that moment to create a better situation for weaver state i i think that's one thing that makes weaver state a special place is it's not always positive it's it's there's tough times but how we deal with tough things I think, helps define us too, and so I'm excited for 13 to Yeah. help us help us navigate through good times and tough times, and he's the 15th guest on the uh, Cattails podcast wow. in, two, wow. in 2016. Wow. We should have had him at 13. Yeah, that's yeah we should have <laughs> had him at yeah. 13. We could No, That's, that's and okay. Not, and I don't count Nick Mata twice. Okay. So <laughs> that's just one guest.
1: So
0: last and for save the last the best for last tell us about your family talk about your family
1: okay yeah so uh camille and i we've been married for let's see this will be our 27th year uh, we have four kids our oldest daughter bryn um, gets married in may she's a weber state alum and uh is working in salt lake and is marrying a, another uh wildcat and works in, in Ogden. and yeah he's, he's worked in with athletics some helping with marketing and and things so uh, our son cam is uh, he he's going to my alma mater so he's going to utah state but he just uh, he he uh he's always loved athletics he's been to a lot of weber state games over the years he's still a wildcat fan and he just he's excited he won an intermarital basketball championship on the spectrum floor last night. So. He's a good athlete That's, himself, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a better athlete than I ever was. But uh, Our daughter, Colette, is a senior at Weber High, and she's graduating, and she's super excited to be coming to Weber State this year. She is a huge... Dima Zador fan um, it may have something to do with 21 Pilots and there's something about Dima in some of their songs but hey it's whatever it and, takes, and he's yeah. from Ukraine where they filmed their video or something so that's uh, she she likes to come to the basketball games and then Brooks uh, he's an eighth grader at Orion Junior High and, and Brooks is you know probably the least interested in Weaver State sports right now at This but point maybe in his the smartest life one in the family but he he might be the he's probably <laughs> the smartest one in the family and he's actually on Weaver State campus right now as part of the state math competition yeah. so uh, four great kids and they take after their mom and we have a we have a fun time at our house there's a lot of purple in our house yeah I bet. can't so. say enough
2: about our wives uh, our, uh, Camille is there. I mean, she goes to all
0: those chicken dinners too. She goes yes, to she does all the
2: rubber chicken dinners. And she's uh, she's a loyal. She she, she's amazing at at watching him. You know, she's got his back when everything else is when everybody else goes away and you feel a little bit alone. Uh, Camille's always there.
1: We uh, she she's kind of likes this uh, role in a way that she feels a little more liberated I guess to duck under the covers like Paul I know we snuck up on you in a press conference uh I don't know four or five home basketball games ago we were just walking by and Camille's like hey we can step in there right yeah. and so anytime she was uh, she she likes to see how things work uh behind the scenes in athletics and other parts of the university and it's just uh she's she's a great support in in this role
0: I don't
2: know if we made you cry. We got you close. We got one, almost almost when there. We talked about mom and dad coming down. And I like say I knew oh, what yeah. the deal was cuz I ran <laughs> into them on the way down and I've met them before and when dad looked at me, he just thought, "Oh no, I don't I don't know if I should be here." And yeah. we just kind of met. I mean, I think you were with us yeah. and yeah. I just winked at him. knew what was happening and it was fun.
1: So I c- can I tell one more story Absolutely. really quick. So, uh, you know, the athletic director and I have a bit of a uh, athletic Coaching history with each other, and uh, we've coached. We can some edit this All-Star. out. There too, so I, I know I saved it to the end, so it's easy to cut. But you know, Jerry no. and I uh, were coaching our sons in some all-star baseball games years uh, ago between Kaysville and Centerville, and I always, I always ask our coaches if they would rather have been the coach of the team that went farther in the tournament, or if they would rather be the coach of the team that uh, won two out of three head-to-head.
2: Um, and it's a difficult question to ask, and, then and they look at me like, and, "What should I be saying?" Yeah, <laughs> they
1: they know that there there's no right answer to this question. But now that uh, he's the
2: president, they look at him and go, "What should I be so, saying?"
1: <laughs> so Jerry's team did go farther in the what was Babe Ruth right the yeah. state Babe yep. Ruth yep. tournament yeah. than my team did, but my team did beat Jerry's team twice, two out of three times. So you all of course, passed, I, of course yeah. I
2: believe it's always well, better to go farther. Yeah, the tournament. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I still have I, a I still record have some against absolutely.
1: But I have to say that Jerry is better at talking the umpires into wrong calls than true. I am yeah. so yeah I was.
2: yes that's true we'll leave it at he's that. good at working those <laughs> officials absolutely any other Bobby stories you have no the, I'll leave it there He <laughs> <We laughs> so, has some but we're not going to talk yeah. about, <laughs> about those uh
0: I can tell how excited you are about about Weber State and what's to come in the future and you're just speaking for so many of us that, that are part of it as the faculty staff and everybody that we're so excited
1: to have you on board well, thank you. I'm I'm honored and excited, and and appreciate being on Cattails. Well, it's it's an honor. I'm and sure. It's one of the questions. Add this to you your said, list of many it's things. It's one of the questions can, that yeah. comes
2: up for us. I think in any conversation, this question comes up: is how how how's the new president? How are you getting along with the new president? Because I think people realize the importance of a, a president in in how athletics yeah. runs on and, a campus. And
0: your role, Jerry, is, it, the president is means so much yeah. to, to your to yeah. your role, right? Vital. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he, he's doing pretty well. 13 is lucky.
1: 13 is
2: lucky. <laughs> there you okay. Go. Louder and prouder. Louder, Louder and
0: prouder. Dr. Brad Mortensen, the new president of Weber State University, our guest. Thanks for your time today on Cat Tales, and we appreciate all you're doing. And thanks the, for your support, Wildcat fans. Be sure to subscribe and, and follow us as well on social media, and we'll be back with another podcast soon. Go Wildcats.